What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Four Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This episode 359, broken up into two parts, A and B. A-B. Thank you. 359A, posting on 12.5, will be a discussion on Napoleon from director Ridley Scott. And 359B, posting on 12.8, will be a discussion on Leo with Adam Sandler from Netflix. I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Roger is out for family reasons this week, and joining me is our lovely perma guest, Chris Bond. Chris, hello. Don't lie to the fans. I challenged uh, Roger to Mortal Kombat, and he pushed out. That's why he's not here. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly. You it. obliterated him. You fatalityed him, <laughs> and so he's out for a week. What fatality would you have done to Roger if you could have? I'm, su- I'm a Sub Zero guy, so any Sub Zero is fatality. Sub Zero, that's a good one. I yeah. just, yeah, Sub Zero is a good one. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But which Sub Zero fatality? There's lots uh, of them. Probably, I mean, uh, probably the one where where you get frozen in place and then you just get kicked the fuck over. I'm, I'm down for that. An oldie but a goodie. Like, yeah, exactly. Can't go wrong with the classic. Right Mortal there. Kombat two and three, baby. Yeah, man, you can't go wrong with that. That's a good <laughs> one. That's God. There's a game I haven't thought of. Like I haven't played the original Mortal Kombat, and like. Had to have been oh, about ten years, fifteen years now. Yeah, but I think that's one of the better ones. Oh, I I think two is probably the one that is probably known for like getting like really being like like the good fighting game that got it on the map. Three's wild. Three's got a lot of stuff happening in three. But I mean, I, a lot of them are good. You got they like, brought in like a whole new cast. Like two yeah. expanded their roster mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. but three kind of went crazy. Well, like, and then you you have like uh, the ones that that the first ones that were three D. I think it was Armageddon was the first three D one. That changed everything too, and you had like the weapons and stuff, and there's a 3D space. Yeah, that was also kind of weird. I'm glad they're back to 2D. I'm a big 2D fighter fan. Like, I, there's something simple fan. and charming about just a 2D back and forth. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Street Fighter to me will always be that. I think kind of like the titular one that kind of defines. This. Is Street Fighter still Street Fighter Two? Street Fighter is iconic. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter Two is the one that like you know everyone plays. But like, is that still the tournament? Like people still play tournaments of that online and stuff? I mean, no, no, no. Uh, Street Fighter Alpha is like your big Alpha. tournament scene okay, one yeah, because okay. it's it was a little bit faster and a bigger roster, and then you could choose between like different specials you used. My favorite fighting game. Uh, 2D fighter of all time is actually the Guilty Gear series, which is fantastic. Oh, okay, I played a f- I played that not a lot though. I've yeah, little experience. No, like those th- those are fantastic games. So fast, hyper fast for a 2D fighter. Very good. Very you remember good. Clay Fighters? Yes, I remember yeah. Clay Fighters. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. You know that's crazy expensive online. I like bet. we're talking oh, yeah. thousands of, of dollars for a, a, an unopened box copy. Oh God, unopened. I opened it. I c- I could imagine. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Roger is, um, he's frozen and dead right now. <laughs> he got fatality, but he'll be back next week. Next week, Maybe, we'll see, we'll see. Right I'll, as rain. I'll, I'll unthaw him, it's, it's Chris, fine. what's going on this week, Chris? This week, I uh, finished, finished a long-running anime. Well, me and my wife uh, just finished it. It was a big two-parter piece to end to end the series. Good. That was really good. Had a, had a satisfying ending. Uh, Attack on Titan for anyone that, you know, is also in that camp. Very good. Other than that, uh, not much. I went and saw a movie, a long movie this week, so, you know. Other things, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both saw that movie. We yeah. did. The Christmas stuff has been broken out. Uh, the wife's home right now, putting the tree up and decorating it. So, what's your favorite decoration? Did your family have like a like a like a, a decoration that means something to you guys that you guys always put on the tree? My wife has a collection of ornaments over the years that I think all of them, you know, they're very, they're nice to see. You know, repeats of my wife's favorite one is probably her her uh, seven dwarfs. Okay. Uh, like set that she has, but like there's, like said, there's, there's some sentimental ones that like my family's gotten for us over the years. Mom has a couple. She has from really expensive antique ones from okay her great aunts and grandmother. They're really, I mean, they're other world kind of antique, but hmm. she she loves all that kind of stuff. That's like yeah, those glass ornaments that she really kind of collects them. But she has several that she doesn't put on the tree anymore because her cats will knock them down. But yep, 
she does. Yeah, we don't have, have a lot of favorite ornaments. We don't have super fancy ones like that because we because our dog that passed in years prior, she would just like muscle around the tree and shake things off. And of course, that's over, what animals so, yeah, do yeah, yeah, because. No. And cats, as soon as you put a tree up, they just start climbing. Yeah, yeah, they start bad stuff yeah. and climbing it. Uh, I've I've expressed that my war on cats is still ongoing, so it's fine. So yeah, tis the season though for the Christmas tree to go up. When so yours is up then, like early early December. Yep. Is that normal? I think early December for tree? my wife wanted to put up the day after Thanksgiving was over. So there's that. <laughs> well, I know like a lot of people like put it up like months ago, which mm-hmm. I think is weird. I gotta be honest. That's weird. I know people that do all uh, year long Christmas trees, but they decorate it for every ho- like a different holiday. That's I've seen brilliant. That. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. They'll have like a like a smaller tree or something in, in in whatever room that the tree goes in, and they'll just put like you know St. Patrick's Day stuff on it, Valentine's Day stuff, and it just goes all year long around like that. That we don't have to take a tree down in exactly. that painstaking process. It's is you know not the easiest yeah. thing to do. It, it adds different flair to the room too. I get it. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I watched a lot of movies this week, but a lot of them were, so Thursday was my, I just watched movies. I felt like absolute garbage. So I just laid on the couch in Pittsburgh and watched some movies and it's like the same kind of movies. Um, one we'll talk about today, but like Jeff who lives at home, but we'll get to that. But other ones like there's a movie called Blackbird. I think Kate Winslet mm-hmm. and some other woman is an actress and Susan Sarandon's their mother and she's dying. It's like, as you can imagine, it's a heart wrencher. Another one with John Krasinski called The Hollers. Where the whole family is getting together because their mom is sick. It's also a, a heart wrencher. A couple others, but Amazon's got a lot of those. If you're willing to watch like one minute ads every every ten or fifteen minutes, Amazon's got a ton of extra movies to choose from. Hmm. We'll talk about that a little later, but yeah, it's Thursday was my movie day. I did watch Napoleon, which I would have sworn was ten thousand hours long <laughs> at one point, but I saw some. You know, they were um, in the lobby today. They were talking about the employees were talking about how. AMC's days are definitely numbered. And I was like, God, we're really coming to the end of an era. Yeah, it, it's easy to doom and gloom on your own company, though. Especially, sure, especially sure. if you don't feel like you're treated well at the same time. So, Well, they're making all the wrong moves, too, if you're asking me. But they've been making all the wrong moves for a while now. Yeah, so. most companies do that, though, at this point. They always just say, jack up the prices. we got to make up the, like, eh, go the other way and you might see a better mm-hmm. return. But what are, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <clears throat> what else is going on, Chris? No. Much that I can think of, like I said, I'm you know I'm fa- fa- family's back into into Minecraft, so I've dabbled a little of that. 2003 called, so here I am. But yeah, so how old is Minecraft? Old, uh, maybe not 2003. It might be like more 2009. I might. Have I was gonna say definitely years. not 2003, but I mean it ain't far. <laughs> no, <I laughs> ain't mean, far from it. A couple of years is yeah. Uh, Minecraft. Okay, that's. That's the, that's the number one selling game of all time. You know, that's like 500 million copies or something. Is it? I just heard about I, that. I, I don't podcast, doubt that at all, yeah. yeah. Like, it just crushes everything else by, like, just not even, just no, there's no work, nothing close, and even with, within remotely at the same ballpark. I don't doubt it at all. That's a, it's pretty it, It's an interesting one, though. And the, didn't one one guy made it and then sold it for One billions. guy started it, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it blew up pretty quick, and he held on it for a long time before he sold it to Microsoft. And Microsoft bought it for Good a for that guy. He ain't eating ramen noodle soup, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> he ain't good soup. forever. It's like, he yeah, is, he is. All right. What, what do you think? What do you think Roger would say he's been doing this week? Uh, what crazy cockamamie scheme would Roger throw at us this week? What he's been doing? I mean, Roger would mention anything he watched. Probably something off the wall. And and do you think Roger smoked is smoking some brisket in his <laughs> smoking some smoking some brisket? Not, not this time. Smoking here. some meat. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. I'm no longer comfortable with this conversation. You said smoking meat. So I'm Obviously, I'm not like up to. The, I'm, I'm not a guy who smokes meat on the on the barbecue. You don't stuff. look like a guy who smokes. <laughs> I do not. Who smokes meat in that context? <laughs> All right, Chris. This is episode 359 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. Was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office curtain, upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, box office number one, as no surprise, but a low box office, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, 21 million domestic, worldwide of 27. Uh, Taylor Swift wins that one. Yeah, so I, I thought that were, there was a really big chance of this happening where, like, you know, so, like, you know, Beyonce... This this had to, this had to be in production before Taylor's came out, right? Like it wasn't like she saw this, or people saw this and said, "Hey, you know, let's do this too." Kind of thing. I'm it, sure it's been yeah, because I think for it, a it long takes time. time to produce this. They're too close together. But like, I don't know. I think we started out with what 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 with what will be the most popular one. Yeah, these. that's you the know, problem. All the other ones will be you know the, the the production budgets will be tighter to make up for maybe like a thirty to fifty million showing stuff like that to make profit on it. Of course, of yeah. course, but. Number two, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, 14.5 million, racing its domestic to 243. Not bad. Not Still bad at all. Still number two, though. All right. Number three, Godzilla minus one. Not doing as well as I thought. 11 million. Worldwide of 34 million. That's still a very respectable number mm-hmm. for what Godzilla minus one is. Number four, Trolls Band Together, 7.6. Worldwide of 160. Wish, 7.4. Worldwide of 81. Boy, that's a bomb if you ever... What in the world? You know, I haven't, I haven't heard anyone in person speak fondly of Wish. I don't know anyone that's seen it yet. Really? You didn't take your girls to watch it? No, no. Fair. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I figured. I mean, if if you're gonna take your girls to watch anything, it might, it might well, have been Wish. Well, I told but... her. I well, me and my wife. Oh, you made it. It was gonna be, gonna be Trolls or Wish. So we, we we got that figured out. We went we went and saw Trolls. But on top of that, it, it, I don't know. Wish doesn't seem very appealing to you know me. You know what else isn't appealing? Number six, Napoleon. Number six. Number six. Number six. This movie in a week. <laughs> the second weekend in the box office. It's 136 worldwide is all it made so far. Which I'm kind of 136 is a lot though for yeah. Two weeks, but I right? think the bulk of it was it's, it, it it fell 70 percent this week. So 70. Well, 65.5. We've rounded oh, up 70. Jesus. Uh, Animal, The Shift, Silent Night, and Ten Thanksgiving. Wow, Marvels didn't even. Marvels is only at 197. Bye. Outperformed by uh, the Hunger Hulk. Games, a and Marvel movie. Yeah. Well, that's something, man. Yeah, we we knew that was going to be a stinker for a long time. So such a shame. No, no one's shocked. That's such a shame. Compared where Marvel movies were at one point and where they're now, it's like I never would have guessed it back in the day. Because they were just they were so good for a while. Yep, you couldn't stop the machine. They were so self-aware of what they were, and they knew what they were, and they knew their audience, and they just dialed it in every time. And just, I never would have guessed they would have fallen so far, but they have. But we'll, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get back to the quality eventually. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Upcoming releases. This past weekend, December, Godzilla Minus One, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, Silent Night to Teddy's Christmas. A lot came out. A ton came yeah. out. The Boy and the Heron and The Cello on the 8th. Number, December 15th is Wonka. December 22nd, Anyone But You, Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, Migration, and Poor Things, which is that movie with um, Willem Dafoe and mm-hmm. yeah. I forget the girl's name. What's, um, I can't think of her name right now, but Old Man Memory kick, kicking in. Yeah, there it is. And uh, Christmas Day, the 25th, Boys in the Boat, The Club Purple, and Ferrari. By the way, I saw another trailer for Ferrari. It looks kind of rad in a way. <laughs> 
they're marketing it differently now, and I kind of dig it. So we'll see how that goes. But that's the rest of your year. We already got into January a little bit in February. We'll, get, we'll save that for the weeks to come. Yeah, sounds good. Let's take a look at what's streaming. And there's only two of us this week, so there's only two Amazon. Yes. Uh, one movie that I have avoided since it came out in 2011, Jeff, Who Lives at Home, by directors Jay and Mark Duplass, Jason Siegel, Ed Helms, Judy Greer, Susan Sarandon. Jeff is a 30-something still living at home because of something that happened in his past. And uh, he's a guy who sees everything, who always sees the glass half full. The universe is talking to him. It's all about the universe. The universe, the universe, the universe. And he gets a call early on telling him he should find a guy named Kevin. And the whole time he's following the signs of Kevin, be it someone's got a name on a jersey or he hears a name. And they all kind of always lead to where his brother needs to go and solve kind of his brother's marital problems. And then he ends up saving a guy named Kevin. It is a much better movie than I remember it being. And I was at one point in tears. So don't look at me like that, Chris. Were you a movie crier too? I'm not a movie crier. That's you and Roger. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is. But um, I thought it was very endearing. And um, I, I think if you watched it, you would also, you would, if you haven't seen it in a while, you might um, remember kind of that fond feeling for watching it the first time. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really dug it. And I think uh, everyone should also give it, give it a shot again. It's on Amazon. Uh, along with, why can't I, my nose is itchy. Along with The Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, Emmy Rossum, Sella Ward, Ian Holm, Kenneth Welsh, 2004. I got a soft spot for these kinds of movies. I, I told uh, Grayson earlier that these are my guilty pleasure. I like I like the the cata like the cataclysmic event movies, the world ender movies, and uh, this was like I think the 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 really big one that kind of launched them in, into like the sphere. I know there was one with um uh with one of the Johns, John Cusack, maybe. Oh, I remember it, that was 2003 or something or whatever. No, way later than that. No, no, like that's what it was called. Well, anyway, so like, uh, like I've, I, oh, 2012. Yeah, was he in that? I think so. He yeah. may have been. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll look it up. Well, anyway, anyway, so like you know, I like these kinds of movies. This one's uh, particular. It had a, it, it was huge budget, flashy effects. You know, you know, really good CGI, including some nice yeah, words that showed up at, later in the movie. But I don't know. The movie is just. I don't know. It's it, these movies are fun. I like these, and this was like one of the big ones that kind of like really like took them off. It, if without this, we wouldn't get Moonfalls. You know what I mean? And Greenlands and all these other ones we've seen. So I like this one. If if, if you want to watch something that's you know gonna let you see how one of the many ways the world might will probably could end. You know, this is well it, just it's as good not as all of them. Too unbelievable, but <laughs> I mean, look, it could with what we know about weather patterns. That, that sure could happen. However. Let's talk about the wolves for one second. Do you okay. remember everyone talking oh, yeah. about this wolf? Yeah. I didn't mind the wolves too much. I I, I didn't either. The, the wolves aren't the aren't like the most unbelievable thing in this film. You know, if you really want to put it all into perspective, I, I think you mentioned before the you know the whole you know yeah you can freeze in, le- in in less than three seconds in the eye of the storm. You know, but wolves can't be you know lost and hungry hung- wolves. Yeah, lost and hungry and aggressive. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I, I, I could buy that, but I yeah. remember that move. So I was looked looked it up. One hundred twenty five million dollar budget. It did almost. Five hundred and sixty million. That's not bad. Two thousand four. That was damn near unheard. That's of. big money. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big movie, um, and I remember the score being really, really well done too. It's a great um, instrumental score as well, with a very kind of an interesting, heartfelt story too that really did give you the feels. Yeah. What are you? What are you, are you looking at? I'm trying to find John Cusack was in 2012. Yeah, was in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. There was a ton of people in 2012. There was. That there was, was. The Rock was in that, wasn't he? I don't know if The Rock was. I know... Um, oh, he was in San Andreas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's close. 
There's so many of these damn world that, that, That's the only one of the, So that's what I haven't seen, though. I haven't seen that one. San Andreas? San Andreas? Yeah, I've really? seen that, yeah. Mm. No, that's another big box office turner, though. Yeah, that, was, that, that was before I was taking The Rock seriously as an actor, so. I think none of us took him seriously until <laughs> a certain point, but. Yeah. I remember, what's that? The rundown, I love the. He had, Rundown's good. So he had two back to back that came the out. Rundown and um, the rundown and the other one, which is basically the same movie, but it's not the jungle. What is that? No, that was the rundown. And um, okay, what's the other one though? Walking tall. Walking tall. That's yeah. It. We yep, had the, yep. the two by yeah, four. Yeah. yeah, both those movies feel like the same. Movie I love those almost. movies though. Yeah. I loved uh, Walking Tall. Those two is my yeah. is my rewatchable. But yeah, Walking Tall is a very easy watch too. If you if you end up watching it, which is not one of the movies of the week. So no, it's not. <laughs> The Rock is oddly wa- his movies are oddly always watchable. Yeah, yeah. How do we thing. how do we get here? How did this happen? <laughs> Wait, what? How do we get here? How did this happen? Uh, I mean, he's a very. I mean, he is the marketable movie star of movie stars. So he's very good at what he does, or at least he's very good at being good at what he does. I don't know if that. I mean, yeah. I heard he's great in real life, but I I never even met him, so I, I can't tell you. But so without it, Roger here, we'll leave that only two this week. So if you have access to Amazon, Jeff, who lives at home, and the day after tomorrow, you have a tearjerker and a world-ending movie. So mm-hmm. there you it go. It should also be a tearjerker. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's talk about some trailers. The Shepherd, which is, uh, it's it's a short on Disney Plus with John Travolta, Ben Radcliffe, and Claire Price. Yeah. What did you think, Chris? Boo. Why? I don't want this. This looks like this is like knockoff Hallmark garbage. I don't want this. I. I'll give it a shot before I call it knockoff Hallmark. But look, that's fine. It, it does have that vibe. I'll it give does. You that. It, it does. Definitely has the vibe. But it, it was—it's like it looks like a Hallmark movie shot from the BBC. I—I I, I don't understand how those two came together to make this love child, but they did somehow. Well, it's gonna be—it's trying to be something. It's Whether fine. it achieves it or not, that's yeah. a whole different. Issue. We'll see. But, this is like the—this is like very out of like the pocket for like for something that Disney's like put money into recently. So. We'll see how it goes. And it's a very famous novella. Yeah. So yeah. It, uh, at least they say it's a timeless classic. Oh, I've God, never heard it, of it. it yeah, I haven't heard of it either. <laughs> how timeless <laughs> could it be? Classic, though. How timeless could it be? But yeah, I've never heard of it. But um, I would be interested to know how short is short. Yeah. That's what I'm interested to know. Probably like an hour. You know what I mean? Something well, like I mean, that. short could hour be. Hour 15. Short could be 20 minutes. Short could, could be. be an hour and mm-hmm. five minutes. I mean,. Yeah. Who really knows at that point? But it's on Disney Plus, so it doesn't cost you anything to watch except time, which might be the, arguably the most most important currency we have. Unfortunately, Roger's not here, but let's talk about Imaginary. Yeah, DeWanda Wise, Tom Payne, Betty Buckley. It's a feature. What are we thinking? Uh, I'm thinking we Blumhouse. should. I'm thinking we should watch this again next week with Roger here, no matter what. Okay, fair. That's the first. Thing. We'll just lie to him and say it's yeah, the exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just just let it rip. Um. I don't know. I'm all about this movie. I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited to watch this. This could be really, really. This could be a fun movie experience, or it could be gar- like see. Co- okay, let me garbage just, fire. Here's what I'm always talking about. A, I could take that bear. B, <laughs> I know Chris just like he gave me the look like you could not take that bear. Just like I could have taken Megan. Could could have taken M3 Gan. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Definitely taken her. You can't say M3 Gan. It's M3 Gan. You got to say it like it's okay. a name. So let's. Here's what, here's what I'm going. So. You're the adult. You're the. I think it's Wanda Wise. You're the, you're the mother in this in this trailer, and you see, the first time you see the bear move independently on its own, you light that fucking thing on fire. <laughs> so I'm curious to know how this movie is going to avoid putting the adult without seeing the bear happen. Because if the trailer has any truth to the movie, it happens pretty quick in the movie. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's probably true. How would you not just burn it? 
or just throw it away or drive it six months, six blocks down and toss I it in mean, the dumpster. It, it could do the tropey thing where like you drive it to Antarctica and throw it into the ice and you know bury it forever. When you drive home, it's it's just back on your couch when you walk in the door. You <laughs> the, know the I mean? horror trope. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's a lot of ways oh. that that could go. You know, I I think that you know again it's. It's the inability for people to believe in, in the supernatural, you know, or the chances of that makes these kinds of things happen in movies. I, I guess I don't know. In the trailer, the the, the one you know teenage uh, teenage surfer boy is like you know looking at this thing sliding at him without anything, and he's not running. I'm running. I'm running. I'm gone. I'm not, I'm not there anymore. If I see anything moving, I don't know how it's moving. I'm out. Yeah. D- Goodbye. I, I would even just alert the like the closest person. Hey, this is weird. Is this normal in your house? No. And just said I'm not going to stare at it and wait for it to get eaten by the goblin. If something is goop. moving independent of me knowing how it's moving, I'm gone. Like, yeah. I'm gonna turn around and shut the door and lock you inside with it. I don't know. I think this movie looks fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to see Tibbers in action. It's gonna be great. Oh, Tibber. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like stuff like. I mean, this look. This had Blumhouse written all like oh, yeah. quite literally Blumhouse written all over it. It's right in what they do. I'm sure it's gonna be great. It's gonna. Well, I'm sure it's gonna have a small budget and command a massive box office, yeah. which is what they do. But he says he says he's right behind you. Yeah. You see the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Don't need that. I'm out. Peace. No. Nope. Question is, will Roger hate it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's not a question. And I know a big one for you. Inside Out 2 with Amy yeah. Poehler, Louis Black, Tony Hale, Phyllis Smith, to name a few, Maya Hawk. It's a feature. What are your first impressions of this trailer? Um, I, the, I'll, I'll quote myself to, uh, to my wife. Uh, we both saw this. And we saw that this was a trailer. We went, hell yes. So I know I'm excited for this. This is my favorite Pixar. Inside Out was my favorite Pixar film, so I'm ready to see the next one. Within this franchise, I don't know. I'm ready for this to happen. I can't wait to see sadness and everyone interact again. I agree. I mean, Inside Out's a, it's a timeless story, if you ask me, but to use a word we used earlier. But mm-hmm. I, I think Inside Out is a hell of a movie, and I'm glad it's getting a sequel. Yep. Uh, I don't really know why they made a sequel, but I'm glad they are making a sequel. Well, so, like, sense. the end credits of the first Inside Out lends itself to sequels, right? Because, like, you know, you see all the emotions and how, how they affect, like, you know, young Riley. When, you know, the question then begs, well, what happens when she's a little older? You know, like, of course. How, how, how do these things react and change and all that? So, like, this is built, this has been a long time coming, but, like, they teased something like you know, the possibilities of this way early, and I'm, I'm ready to see it happen. Um, let's see here. We get anxiety. I don't see any other thing listed. There's only six cast members listed right now. So yeah, well, the, they're keeping the, it close to the, the belt. The, the, the two that are separate, aren't they the new ones? If you look on the IMDb, there's two separate. They must have changed it because there isn't two separate. Oh, okay. Well, I looked at it earlier. I thought yeah, so they just, they just have anxiety listed. and nobody. Oh, Liza, is she one that was there last time, the one above? Disgust was played by okay, um, okay. someone else before. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, she was there before. Uh, she was played by Mindy, Mindy Cayley. Mindy Cayley, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that would have been around that time. Yeah, okay. she's not coming back for this. Apparently, it's somebody else. Uh, but yeah, I'm look. I don't think anyone. No one watched Inside Out and was like, "Yeah, not my cup of tea." I just no one watched. So like, everyone's gonna be down for the sequel. I have no doubt. It's just, you know, you know I who, hope it's good. You know who won't be coming back? Bing Bong. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Who's your friend that likes to play? Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, again, I I think Pixar ought to do sequels to more of their movies. I just think because if there's story to tell, which a lot of them do have stories to tell, then why not? But mm-hmm. As much as I like them making original things, I would like to see sequels because a lot of them deal with kids too, and it'd be nice to see what happens when the kids grow up. Yeah, just I mean, Toy Story did it very successfully, so mm-hmm. they're doing more Toy Story movies. Which maybe I'm kind of like, why at this point? But yeah, kind of just let it. Why? Why do you want more sequels to Toy Story? I didn't want Toy Story four or five. 
You didn't watch them or didn't? I didn't want them. But they're okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't like them? I've never watched them a second time on purpose. Fair. Okay. I I, <laughs> I, I understand that. I understand that. But I... Okay. Well, we'll just go from there. But yeah. Yes. Let's get into the movie of the week very quickly. Hell yes. What's that? I said hell yes. The movie of the week, which... <laughs> I have some bones to pick with you, Ridley Scott. Let's start with <laughs> Napoleon. However, let's start with our normal shtick, Rotten Tomatoes. Which we didn't do last week, did we? We did not. <laughs> However, Napoleon, 59, and 58 audience score. So it's right there. Okay, all right. It's, well, there's least, really not much difference. At least there's consistency. And Metacritic, this is also this is going to be very similar, 64. Although I think 64 on here is more than a 60, more than like a 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's worth more. You know, the, the, I think the critics were a little nicer to this than they should have been. But I, I, I have my talking points. Now, Let's talk. Take a look at some particulars. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Tahir Rahim, John Hollingworth, to name a few. Directed by Ridley Scott, very famously. Written by David Scarpa, which does matter. Yeah, he, um, he he's done other stuff with with. So with uh, Chris, don't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, Napoleon. What's it about? Napoleon, the is, rise and fall. Of yeah, Napoleon yeah, yeah. Park. This no, one's right. easy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, that's that's like the elevator pitch. Like yeah. So no, this movie itself is. You know this movie's depiction of that time and their telling of it, which I, I can say that and it not and it makes sense because this movie is not completely like this is not a historically accurate film all the way through. There are liberties taken and things like that, and this is this is Ridley Scott's telling of the rise and fall of Napoleon and how he comes into ultimate power and then he has his you know his 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 fall from grace and down into squalor basically is what ends up happening his exilus squalor. Yeah, in exile. Yeah, so let's talk about for one second. Ridley Scott's first directing credit comes in '65, 1965, um, and of course 2023. So far, that's that's the spectrum. However, I was looking at this earlier because Ridley Scott's one of those people that I don't know why I do this, and I do it every time. And you and Roger now have seen several movies with me and Ridley Scott. I assume a ten every time. Okay. Why do I do that? I don't know. I don't know because I mean, like, he has a lot. Of, he has a lot of fantastic films, but he has a lot of. Looking at the score on IMDb, looking at like the star meter right next to each one, yeah. Alien is the best, which probably is probably accurate. Blade Runner is not far b- b- below that, and then you have a bunch of movies in the seventies. Um, for example, the well, The Martian is an eight point oh, so that's going to be up there with the better ones. <sighs> I mean, the last two I thought was very good. I did not like the House of Gucci and Napoleon. However, so the upcoming ones, he's got Gladiator two, which there's a big. I saw somewhere there's a big um. Like a a big piece someone did somewhere. I, my parents were watching on Gladiator Two and like why it's a big deal and it is going to be a massive. It should be a massive deal. Whether it is or not with these Gen Zs, I don't know, but it should be a massive deal. That's be, a hell of a movie. But I let's mean, our generation is going to see Gladiator in droves. You know what I mean? Was wait, what that would happen? Our generation is going to see Gladiator in droves. Like, there's no way that we're not like our generation isn't going to go see that film. Oh, of course. We, yeah. We were, oh God. We were like te- <laughs> mid teenager, like two thousand. Yeah. That movie's going to be carried by our age demographic. Of course. Of Period. Course. It doesn't matter who else who sees it or doesn't see it. Um, but let's let's. So I just wanted to hit hit the what I think are some of the big more noticeable titles: The Duelist, which matters for the last duel, but Alien, Blade Runner, of course, um, L- Legend. Thelma Louise has a big deal. 1492, Conquest of Paradise. White Squall, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Matchstick Man. Boy, that's a that's a 
Woo! Kingdom of Heaven, a good year. American Gangster, Body of Lies with Leo, Robin Hood with the Cap- with um Russell Crowe again, Prometheus, The Counselor, Exodus, Gods and Kings, The Martian, Alien Covenant, All the Money in the World, which that movie was botched because of something happened with one of the actors. Uh, the Last Duel, House of Gucci, and Napoleon, just to name a few. And he's got Gladiator Two, Gladiator Two coming up. Um, Sinking Spring, Roads to Freedom, Queen and Country. So that that's all we've got coming up. But out of all those movies, what's your favorite um, Ridley Scott film? I almost want to say Gladiator. Mine would be Gladiator or Alien. Okay, all right. See, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I, I think mean, Gladiator has some of the best moments in, cin- in cinema history. It does. It, it it is a really good. movie. Some of those conversations at the beginning are are so good. Mm-hmm. It's I just can't touch it. I remember, I remember my wife watching that movie for the first time, like, like, like what house we lived in and stuff. It, it's weird, but uh, that that is such a good film. Period in a discussion. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's yeah that's one of those movies that just like I said like that's one of those like one of those ten movies that everyone has seen. Mm-hmm. Everybody you talk to has seen Gladiator. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Alien or Gladiator. But there's a ton on it. Like Black Hawk Downs, I watched that a ton. Mm-hmm. I have this odd pulling to Kingdom of Heaven. Because the director's cut makes that movie a much better movie than the theatrical Kingdom version. Kingdom of Heaven is is a better movie than people remember, I think, too. It's Kingdom of Heaven? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It yeah. is. Body of Lies with Leo was a, was a letdown, if you ask me. I like Robin Hood more than most people. Uh, but again, ha- I'm a huge Hannibal's f- really good, too, though. Hannibal is good. <laughs> You're right. Uh, uh, Hannibal, um, Hannibal would be in my top three for him. I, think. I thought The Last Duel was excellent. I love The Last Duel. That movie was better than what it got credit for when it came out. At the time, you know what I mean. It, it got hurt by by a few things that was outside of the movie's control. So. Well, he's the one that I mean, we give him all we give him all kinds of shit all the time for saying stuff, but he's the one that said that you know millennials are idiots and watch everything on their yep phone. Yeah, not the best take by Ridley Scott. We've given him plenty of crap on the show. I mean, he's a good director, but you know everyone has bad opinions. So yeah, that's not his best. Well, take. that's just something you just probably just run through. The, should I say this filter? Like a lot of people, it seems. Should like run that filter, run that filter. Head. Maybe, maybe, maybe a, a time lot. or two. Yeah. Well, like I know that like I say stupid shit all the time. On the, we laugh at it, but like this I'm also true. not famous director or like a famous actor <laughs> that you know. I'm I'm appalled at all these famous directors and actors, especially these days. Like I know we live in a politically charged time that takes. I don't. I'm appalled at whenever someone that is in the public eye takes a side. I'm yeah. I'm just appalled at why they do that. But <laughs> anyway, but that's um. Ridley Scott has a hell of a lineage. I think lineage is important when talking about a movie of his because, like, he's built. I mean, he yeah. has a lineage now. Well, I mean, I think I think what it comes down to is he's built. He's built credibility, is what he's built. You know, because like he has great works. You know, fantastic films that are timeless at this point. That you know, anybody if you name a movie, you know, whether they know Ridley Scott did or not, they know the movie. They know about it, and that builds his credibility, which you know will bring serious film critics and serious you know people to the movies to watch your film. So. So going into this, and I just talked about this, I expected a 10, did not get a 10. Okay. Uh, but I have some middling. So my first thoughts of this are, it seems a little unfocused. The movie doesn't quite know what it wants to do. And again, it's like you have a guy like Ridley Scott, a historical figure like Napoleon, who's known for like, there's like, is there like the Napoleon complex or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, Little Man Syndrome or whatever. There's yeah. that famous stuff behind that. And then there's Joaquin Phoenix that is like, He's a very good, very intense actor mm-hmm. when properly used. And I got a different movie, both lead actor-wise and kind of overall 
appeal than I was expecting from all those things combined. Yeah, okay. I think you're not too different. No, not too different. The the things that bothered me both are probably different than the things that bothered you, but uh, nonetheless, I do see issues in this film. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you with the, like the whole Joaquin Phoenix thing. I think that you know, I don't know whose idea it was to portray Napoleon as the way he is in this film, whether it was Joaquin's direction or Ridley Scott's direction or a combination of both or whatever have you. But it's something's off about it. And just like you, like you mentioned, like there's pacing issues here that make the movie, to me, feel longer than it needs to be. And the biggest thing that bugs me is like some of the liberties that are taken on like the like the historical like things about the film. But then like at the same time, in contrast, there's this intense like hyper focus on the actual historical accuracies too. So it's like, why not take liberties and be unapologetic and just make the film the way you want to, or be hyper accurate with the historical side of things and really lean into that. So I don't know, like it feels like it's trying to have more than one identity, like the whole have your cake and eat it too thing, which I think in the end probably hurts this a little bit. Um, the other thing is you mentioned the Napoleon complex. That's it's a funny thing that like we see Napoleon depicted that way. He's the man's five six. He's average height for back then, like hard. But like for yeah. some reason, like everyone, like like he he got this thing where he's like you know depicted as like a three foot cartoon villain in a lot of things, which <laughs> yeah, is hilarious. Like hat all the time. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you know I don't understand where all that comes from in the end. But well, I mean I do because over time things just get skewed, like yeah. you know any like anything does. But I I agree with you that and another like another thing I was is also, separate from what I said, the three main things, is you have Vanessa Kirby also, <laughs> when she's when she's on her A-game, she's on her She's A-game. very good in this film. And it seems, again, I would have thought those two actors playing those two roles, man, great choices. But now I'm thinking it just, I, you, it just didn't come across or they didn't understand the characters or Ridley Scott didn't, didn't really give them much direction because he figured out oh, it's Joaquin and Vanessa of course they're gonna but like whatever happened it just didn't have the panache it needed to sell these characters and it's like and I was thinking I was watching this it's like Napoleon's one of those movies it's like the Alamo everyone knows the story does anyone really care about the details yeah yeah you know it's like everyone wants to see the big dramatic flourishes mm-hmm. of the battles but it's everything else which we do get here though we, we, we do get, get plenty of all, but we get scenes. a ton of Blah 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 blah. Oh blah, yeah, ton of that stuff and like it. I mean, man, you want to talk about a movie with pacing issues? Napoleon yeah. fits the bill. But so that's my first impression is you could have done more with what you had. Yeah, I was so like uh, getting into the actual film uh, at this point. The movie starts out with uh, with you know the the queen of uh, the queen of France you know lose, losing her head, which is you know a thing that happened and. You know, while the movie depicts Napoleon there, he's not really there. If you actually like know history, that kind of thing, but like that's where the movie begins, right? It it, it shows you know one one leader, someone in power, being literally cut down, and then and which signifies the rise of Napoleon. Like the, it, like that rise is now going going to begin. And the movie, it, I think, starts out pretty strong. Honestly, we go, you know, we we head right into the fact that you know Napoleon's going to be trusted with, with with a major military operation, which literally, you know, like taking back you know territory from from Britain, and we get our first battle from that as well, which hap- which comes very quickly in the beginning of this. And like ten or fifteen minutes, yeah, in, yeah. And I think it's fantastic. It's really well done. It shows Napoleon as being nervous as hell, and you know he had he has the jitters the whole time it's going on. He's shaky, but yet he's still he's still taking that role of commander. Um, 
spoiler alert and warning for people who haven't seen this, uh, some horses die. So you're, you you will see one that one explodes with a cannonball, right? Or something like one that. One takes a cannonball to the chest. Yeah, that's that's and it. just it, then that's it. So keep that in mind when you're going to see this film. You're going to see some historical some historical accuracies in in what the brutality of war could look like back then. But we get that scene. It's very well done. It's exciting. It's very cool to see them have a plan. Them go through with it and blowing up those boats is cool as shit to see, right? And like so much of that is practical, which you don't see anymore, and that's a Ridley Scott thing, you know, absolutely. And it's it was really cool to see that. And then like from there the movie kind of like it, it shows you what you're in for between a lot of like slow motion camera dr- dramatic stuff uh within like the the town and the people and them, you know, beheading the queen and then getting like this very practical version of these fights and stuff and no slow motion in there we get a lot of flair in the areas that don't need a lot of flair but then we get like some very well put together very straightforward action scenes that are very well done so like the dichotomy of this film and what it's what the two identities it wants to have it's very apparent very early but i still think it's a strong start to the film well is it but also what is very apparent early on is ridley scott's his production value of like oh, you were God. saying, like the the the, the det- attention to the details in the battle, mm-hmm. the cannonballs, the musket fire. Mm-hmm. What would happen just if a cannonball met someone on the battlefield, yeah. which does all the time? Mm-hmm. Movies never because it's weird to show because you know it costs stuntmen, it costs you know it's expensive. Yeah. But like his attention to detail in Mastercraft and making films is not where the problem is. It's it's just where you get bogged down in the story, which I think is some of the like. But something else that I want to, I think you said really well earlier was there's absolutely a longer at least another hour and a oh, half yeah. cut of this yeah there's there's no way that there isn't uh, this is what two and a half hours there's no way there isn't a three and a half to four hour cut of this film. absolutely four or five hour cut there's yeah. gotta be, there's oh, gotta be. Ex- and and which i think would fill in a lot of the gaps here because again i think we both mentioned there are pacing issues and it feels like that there's just there's there's some chop work whereas if that was all there a lot of some things wouldn't feel so jarring and out of place to where it really makes you feel the runtime it would be much smoother so you get that full movie experience you you would get that that oppenheimer feel right where like you know that was a three-hour movie it didn't feel three hours this is a two and a half movie that feels like it's three plus and i think you get that smoothed out when you have that actual full cut of the movie most likely it wouldn't some of the stuff in between all the battle stuff would for instance i mean Napoleon and Josephine are pretty iconic with each other. You know, Napoleon's like the world for Josephine's one of his phrases, or like one of the phrases known with Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Did let me add, let me. This is a weird question, but did you get any in the beginning any sexual chemistry between the two at all? I didn't, and you kind of needed to have that. I think I didn't get it either. But here's the thing: they do they they do make it a point that uh, Josephine's house maiden or whatever she is. You know, she Josephine asked her if she if she looks like she's in love. And the one and her housemaiden asked her, "Well, you know, do you find do you find him appealing?" And she says, "I don't find him unappealing." So maybe there isn't sexual attraction there for her. Maybe it's the status and everything else that she's attracted to, but not the man. You know what I mean? So well, like, it's definitely the status she's attracted well, to. Well, not, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I think I think in that moment they were telling you that. So maybe it's not it's not surprising that there isn't sexual chemistry there because. You know, they both, you know, he, while he's smitten with her in that way, you know, she's smitten with his status and not exa- and like, well, my point life. is, I, I would have thought there would have been some kind of up play that she wanted that so badly that she did 
make it seem like it, but she didn't really yeah. ever make it seem like to me that she... It was, it was odd. You know. Again, I don't know how accurate this is compared to like what they showed on screen or if this was like a liberty to like make him this weird, sniveling man in some in some cases, but make them this, this godlike battlefield general at the same time. Again, this is where the movie feels confusing. Because you're right, because he's very... He's very... While he does have his tantrum, his tantrums and his outbursts, which again, I don't know how, how true that is, but like while he has those, he's... You know he's very much you know subservient to her really in a lot of ways you know and really relies on you know her affection to really feel like you know he has purpose instead of him just being this battlefield juggernaut because that just wants to do this for France which is weird because in the movies he talks about how much he loves his home his his homeland and how he does everything for France so I don't know why this is cut up this way and this is like you know this version of Napoleon we get. And how accurate it is, but the movie doesn't sell it very well. When I think Napoleon, when I think about him, and what I know about like the little bit, the very little bit that I do, I've, I I know this this tactician, this battlefield genius, and this very not I mean he's brutal. You have to be brutal to do what he does, but very brutality minded in the form of efficiency. Like you know, we need to do this. We need to crush our enemies. Kind of person. And not like what we got on screen. We do get that battlefield general. And I think that's when the movie's at its strongest. Maybe it's a guy thing, but this is a guy movie. You know what I mean? My 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 theater had zero women in it. And there were plenty of people in there. So it's like as a as a movie that's, you know, that that your demographic is gonna see you know, the movie's at its best in the in, in the combat scenes, in, in these big battles, these epics. It isn't that entertaining outside of those, though. So it's really good when that's happening on the screen, but the movie left me wanting for more of those along the way. I think that's a whole... I would argue that Ridley Scott's pretty good with the in-between-the-battles kind of dialogue we know from Gladiator, we know say from he, Robin Hood, we know from Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, he's really good with that he is, but filling th- in but, the gaps. But this movie isn't. Well, but like what happened then? That's, that's what yeah. we're trying to analyze. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the problem is... But like yep. you're right though, the movie it just loses all pace when it's out of combat. It just I don't I, I hate using the B word. I feel like it's a crime, the boring, but it is boring as hell for most of the movie. It's just it's like when you when you're in like seventh, eighth grade, you're learning about some of the cool battles in history and whatever American history or European history you're studying, but then like you spend for a week in like medieval European history, you talk about a couple of the battles for one day and then the rest of it's like or the political lead-ups yeah. to it's yeah. like, oh, they del- who cares? They delivered tea to Britain for 14 months before <laughs> they ended that treaty. Yeah, yeah like yeah. all this other stuff. Let's talk about the battles, the fights, yeah, 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 the, yeah, exactly. the, the tacticians. Come on. But that's what this movie reminds me of. It's like a seventh grade history class. But like, it's so cool for a small part of the movie. Then the rest of the movie is just like, wow, this is kind of a bore. Again, the, the way that the in-between-the-battles parts are cut, I think, you know, I kind of think leans into that feeling of, you know, it feeling very long between those. Because think about it. The battlefield scenes are very, are cut completely linearly, of course, because it's a battle scene. And, like, they're done very, very well. Whereas the in-between seem like it's just, it's like a chop job almost. I don't know. I, we, We've talked a lot about you know the, the the poor the poor feeling of the of the editing in between you know throughout this movie, and what we probably didn't get that we'll get in a longer version, but in the end I think in it, it does make kind of a, a, a what could have been a great movie just kind of good maybe you know what I mean so I think that's sure that's sure I get that I mean if you're chopping down a a, lo- a longer movie you're gonna have problems, well, which every, is like why do you even shoot it longer every, to begin with every movie's 
shot longer, isn't it? You know but like, I mean? why? Why do you yeah. even do it then? If you yeah. know you're going to cut out an hour, why should you just <sighs> cut it down in the script? Yeah, true, true. Which I, is what I don't understand. Um, which is why I don't understand how. Oh, I mean, every movie does it. Well, every epic. Every battle, every movie that has battle and does it, it's just well. Not long after this, after like the last thing I talked about, you know, there, there's a couple more fights that, uh, you know, battles that happen. You know, he ends up marrying marrying this woman that you know that you know he's 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 you know propositioned, and things things transpire. He's on a he's on this like big nine person council, goes to war, comes back, and then like the council's like gonna be like gets usurped and there's only going to be three people now and one of the guys that was like heavy in this corner the whole time is like one of the people that was like isn't going to be on the council anymore but it's like they don't even explain like if they have good blood bad blood now if you know that guy hates him if he's an enemy he just kind of is there is super important for like 30 minutes and then he gone he, go, he gone man gone. like that's it yeah so it's like well, what probably happened? a result of the chopping. There's probably a longer version where we get because, like, I was I was interested. Like, these are the guys that started this. Like, that guy helped Napoleon start to rise. He's the one that put him in charge of of the of the battle that gets him kind of like in the limelight with the people. And then he's just like he was like he's like you know I would gladly become a citizen again. That's the last we really hear of that that dude. And it's like what happened here? Well, he was again kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Part of the chop job, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Is I mean. But I mean, there 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 are some good things here too. There are b- there besides are. the battle. I mean, I, I think things like the the wardrobe is fantastic. I, oh, I don't God. know if it's inaccurate. I couldn't tell you if it's inaccurate, but it yeah. looks fantastic. It does. I think yep. that's, I think that's important for a lot of people. But uh, you know, movies like this, like it's something I realized when I was we talked about uh, my class. God, middle school, maybe it's high, maybe it's freshman year in high school. We talked about the last of the Mohicans. Okay. This you know it's a, it's an important movie and it it does it's a very historic movie and it's. It's a good educational film, but like I remember the teacher also bringing up, well, what do you guys think of the costume? What do you guys think of the wardrobe? And he said something that you probably couldn't get away with saying anymore. Is like, what did you women think of the wardrobe? <laughs> like, Jesus. because they couldn't have been interested in the story or the yeah, men yeah, doing yeah, yeah. men things. But I always think about that. Like, the the more the the more like fancy the dresses and the gowns and, and the men's uniform. Like, I I feel like. More than men, women look at that. Oh yeah, and I think like like that's not a that's kind of like a byproduct of what you're doing. But like, I would like to know what people thought of the. I always like to know what people think in these big epics about about the wardrobe because like, well, that's important too. I think cause, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure this movie will be up for like a, like a costume design award. You know, what I'm I mean? sure it will be up for at least yeah, nominated. The, yeah, exactly. So it'll it'll get a nomination for that. And while those are important things, I it, it's there's so much here that you could like either like praise or things you could nitpick along the way that it just i think again falls behind like what 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 happened with the story you know what i mean there's there's i mentioned historical inaccuracies and things like that before there was one in particular thing which ha- this happens kind of on the time or that we're talking where he's in egypt and he just he just he just dips he hears that his wife's having an affair there's rumors of it or something and he just leaves the battle. He abandons. Yeah. He just dips. He's. I'm like, sure that is historically accurate. It though. is not. It is not. It is not. I didn't know that. It's not. No. Uh, that's when I think his. I think his. He tells his brother to arrange his divorce, while he finishes in Egypt. He never. He doesn't just leave. The military tactician, the juggernaut that is Napoleon, that thirsts for battle. You think he's just dipping? Well, no. But I. I if I thought something that kind of. Weird would have been like, well, it's got to be historically accurate. See, that's that weird. That's the thing about this movie that, like, I think is is going to turn people off. Is like, it's things like that that just like don't make sense for the character. So, like, w- like does it actually happen? And then someone looks it up and goes, oh, well, that didn't happen. 
well, why the hell did they like it? Does it doesn't make sense? There's things like that all through here, but then you know, like I said, hyper focus on some things that are accurate. Like when he blows up the lake, the the the, the very famous scene in the trailer where like you know he he drowns the retreating forces. He did that. That's a thing. You think that would be well, the fantastical? That's, that's thing. part of his tactician. But you think that would be a part of the fantastical thing that they embellish? Where like you know, oh, he's gonna shoot the lake and they're gonna drown. Oh my god! No, that's a thing that happened. But like you know, that's not the thing they lied about. But he dips from Egypt to go home to his wife. You know, so he can, you know, yell at her a lot and then not leave her anyway. Like, it's just, it's all, like, these weird things that all, like... Am I not merciful? Yeah. I mean, we all wanted it, but... Yeah. How much did he look like Caesar with the laurel, the gold yeah, laurels? That's the point. I mean, oh, man. That's the point. Same yeah, director, yeah, yeah. same actor, like, same... It's, it's, yeah. Everything's the same. You're right. Yeah, of it's course. Like, that's that's like, the point like, of man, that. You, you know, it's like, man, you looked, could tell, like, everyone looked, in the audience, like at least for, when, when he was yelling at Vanessa Kirby's character, like, I just wanted to be like, am I not merciful? <laughs> by the way, that was not scripted, by the way. Am I not merciful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely unscripted. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. It's... I have a hard time with like people who don't like. I understand this movie's not not doing well now, but first week this movie should have done gangbusters because and, and a lot like the Robin Hood is like well you have Russell Crowe and you have Ridley Scott in medieval period. Why would you not it flock? It sounds to this? like it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, same. You have Ridley Scott and you have Joaquin Phoenix from the same Gladiator, mm-hmm. like in like a period yep. piece. Why would you not flock to this? Yeah. But I I could see maybe people are starting to be a little more apprehensive. Well, well word of mouthy. Word of mouthy as well, you know what I mean? Where it, it does really good week one, but everyone's like, you can wait till it comes 67% out. 67% drop off week two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good, but you can wait till you see it at home. You know, you know, what, that, you know what that fight on the lake reminded me of? Is the King Arthur fight on the lake? Yeah, right. Which was, yep, yep. Which was so far ridiculous. It but, was. But this is like, you know, I don't know. Like, I bought it here. You know, it doesn't. But I like the effects here, like the cannonballs going through yep. the ice and like, that was cool. Like, yep. The, ho- I, the hopelessness of all those men drowning in that well, dark, dark, like, frozen you, you lake. You heard that in history of like one of the things he did, and like, but you don't like when you think of Napoleon. What do you think of? You think of Waterloo, mm-hmm. the complex, maybe like the frozen lake that with yep. the and, like. That's what you, but like you don't think of like the detail. But like it was nice to see like an actual detail with well, things he, in my mind. Well, that and you know Napoleon became the person the person in history was for a reason. It wasn't just because he was an angry short dude. You know, it's because he he literally killed hundreds of thousands of people in war you know what i mean not to mention his own casualties so it's it it makes you know to see all these things finally play out and not just see like you know the short two and a half cartoony villain guy you know that that, that's actually that feels kind of good it's it's good to have something you know you can point to you know say hey you know there's a movie about napoleon and it's you know it's got some cool stuff in it blah 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 about like you know the things he did so yeah i also think it hurts it because like you know it's going to be Something I was thinking about is like I'm wondering how many people are just like no I'll see it on Apple TV. Oh, well, I, I, mean, I won't pay twenty bucks. I think people it. that saw this in theaters are telling their their friends to see it on Apple TV. You think so? Yeah, that, that's what I meant by the whole like word of mouth and and, and how sharp the drop off is. People that saw this week one told their friends, yeah, don't go, don't worry about seeing it in theaters. Just wait till it comes out. That's a big you know problem. I mean? like, yeah, yeah, like, that's exactly what. There's going to have to be some kind of solution to that, or theaters just die. Yeah, like I mean, it's just that simple. It, I mean, movie makers need to make movies that people say you need to see this in theaters. That's another. Th- I would have argued. I would, I would there, argue there, there's a responsibility there to make good. But product. I would argue that this is one of those movies because of the battle sequences. Yeah, but we've already talked heavily about how this movie just doesn't work in other places. You know what I mean? So unless you're super into battle scenes, why would you want to, you know, drive 35 minutes to a movie theater, pay a lot of money? Maybe to, a babysitter and yeah, yeah, exactly. See what I mean? Whereas, oh, I can see some cool ass battle scenes for my seventy inch plasma screen. Three months, TV. it'll be on 
February first, it'll be on Apple TV. Yeah. Oh wait, you know, yeah. I, I I get the argument. Yeah. yeah. I just I know I movies you. with big spectacular battle scenes. I'd want to see it. I get you. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just ah. <laughs> I don't know why, but a lot of the fight scenes reminded me of Alexander, because those weren't particularly good. Boy, when you talk about stinkers of the last, um, Alexander's yeah, like one of those with Colin Farrell. Who thought that was a good like? I, I want to want to know who thought Colin Farrell's Alexander was a good idea. I don't know. Who, the, the, you, you can't have Brad Pitt play all these people. I think is what it comes down to. You know what I mean? He played Achilles. That's it. Yeah, but he. I think he was the one that was like, "Why didn't he play Alexander?" Like it's. Well, there. I mean, I just don't like Colin he Farrell. Just did Troy. You know what I mean? On so. a list of names, Colin Farrell for me wouldn't have been on the list of names that could have pulled that Maybe off. Maybe Colin Farrell wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Shit. That that movie also like it did did not do well either. Like historically, yeah. like 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 this one's not doing well either. But so so we talked a good a, a bit about Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, we we agree that his direction, if it was his choice, is kind of weird for Napoleon. Like a lot of the things that he's much too reserved for. I thought we were going to get. Well, that's the thing. Like maybe he wasn't as boisterous as like you know like the 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 rumors you know that we've heard through history are. Maybe this is more accurate. But at the same time, I don't think he was a like I can't see him being as a petulant child at times. Like the whole weird thing that he does with his mouth before he wants to have sex with his wife. That was fucking weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I like it's weird. You know. There's no way someone wrote and, and Napoleon acts like a horse with dry mouth before making love to his wife. Like that isn't something in the history books. That was that was someone's decision in the movie making process. I know. I mean, that could be an odd that somehow made it down in some writing somewhere. I don't know, but it seems like an odd detail to like randomly insert, doesn't yeah, it? That's what I mean. Like that feels like a actor's direction or. a director's direction on like you know like a portrayal kind of thing instead of it being like accurate you know what's weird it's like caesar from gladiator seems a lot more napoleonish napoleonish than his portrayal of napoleon in the napoleon film weird, weird to like yeah. I, I don't mean that like i know people are yeah, gonna be like yeah, yeah. wait that doesn't make sense but, like it does if it kind of does how he acts. if you've seen both these movies and think about it it actually doesn't if they, it like it i mean not make sense think of the scene where he's when the, you first when the when the camera pans away from Maximus in the desert, it comes to the then it comes it cuts to like the the Colosseum and then it comes to the Rome and you see like the all the people are standing around talking about what to do now and he's just sitting there spinning his sword. Yep, that's like a very commonest thing to do. It's also a very like Napoleon like mm-hmm. I can't be bothered with this. Yeah, these little details. You know, yeah. let's get to the flourishing, the action. Yeah. You know, it's just that kind of like it just it's a weird way of. I think. Maybe the wrong casting choice was made. I don't think the wrong. What do you think about that? I don't think you can think. I don't think you can go wrong with casting Joaquin Phoenix to to dive into a character because he's proven time and again that he really can do that. I think that maybe, just maybe, at some point, someone needed to see the direction going the way it was and maybe make some you know make some hard hard decisions or have a hard conversation. But Joaquin is a fan is a f- beyond phenomenal actor. He's one of the best. You know what I mean when it comes to this. Th- oh, he's, he's one of the OGs, man. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's not. It's not a wrong casting choice because I liked him in the moments of this movie that he's good. I just didn't like the way that like the character was portrayed. So that's not going to be a specific actor thing. That's a direction choice. No matter who it's by, you know what I mean. That could just as easily be Ridley Scott. You know, making that choice instead of Joaquin. Either way, direction choice was made. The acting from Joaquin is good. It's just I don't agree with it. It's not like you know great choices being made. So, so let me ask you something. something. All right. So here's what I want to. Here's what I want to 
so far in our discussion, does it seem like this movie cost two hundred million dollars? So I, you know what? Yeah, because the I would fight, say yeah, the because fights alone. You know, the so like like yeah, you can see like some CGI stuff and like you know like like making like all the hordes of people there, but like there are tons of actual extras in this. There are animals in this. There are there's just tons of practical effects in this. I guarantee you, this movie's budget is probably like half of this has got to be the actual like fight scenes, the battles. In well, this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Two hundred so fight scenes, but they're battles. But yeah, Apple so far, Apple invested two hundred million in this, two hundred million in Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. and there's another one that they a huge budget they recently. There's three of them. That's the Once a Slave. Is that it, or is there? Is that not one of the bigger ones? Listen, the Will Smith one. Oh, um, I forget the name of that, but no, it was something recently. I okay. don't know, but we'll th- we'll think of it. But it seems like they're throwing money at these that aren't. I wonder if it's gonna. I, I wonder if they consider this one so far to be a dud. If it's just two hundred million, it did like one hundred thirty-seven. I mean, in the end, money lost is money lost. You can't you can't consider that a win, you know, in that regard. But you know, it's the money worth to them. You know, you could just see it as spending money to make more money. You got to have a movie catalog. You know, a lot of the uh, I think Apple is going to be one of the companies doing this the smart way. Where they see this as a long game, kind of thing, where it's like you know, you know, especially with the amount of quality they put behind these. I don't like every one of these Apple movies. I'm not an Apple guy, right? But like, I can see the quality in the in what they've chosen to produce. Of course, yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah. it might be a long game for them specifically, where it's like you know, in five years when we have times ten of the times ten the amount of movies they have right now, for them, you know, for you to look at Apple's offers and go, there are some really damn good movies on this streaming service. So it's worth having just for how good these you know, these films are the last ten years. So like I can see that being the play, and in that case, it's just money spent to you know to make money in the future. Well, we just talked about a movie. We had no idea where the budget went. What was that last week? What did we talk about last week? I don't even. It's my old man memories is gone. <laughs> oh, Hunger. No, it wasn't Hunger Games. It no. was whatever the streaming was. Oh, The Killer. Hundred seventy five oh, million right. dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like we couldn't even see. I How c- forgettable was that movie? We can't remember. What we did last <laughs> I week. couldn't even like see where. Like, I I couldn't even. I, I would have been surprised if Roger would have said seventy five million. Yeah, I'd yeah. Been surprised. Michael Fassbender got paid like, hundred hundred million himself. It's like, I I can see where all the money goes in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. You have ton of just ton of period stuff that needs to be done. Um, but w- w- with that also comes you know you get you, you you get the big director you get the Joaquin you get. Someone we haven't really talked about a whole lot of Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about her for one second. Yeah, yeah. So like her character, super shitty person, but good. Her, her portrayal of this, you know, she's she's fantastic in this movie. You know, she's believable. You hate her sometimes. You feel bad for her other times. There's there, there's a lot going on here with with her character specifically, and she kills it in the role. I think she does a good job, you know, portraying this character. However, you know, she was supposed. to. I disagree. No, you don't think she did a good I- job. Wasn't again. I wasn't as enamored with the characters I wanted to be, given who she's playing. Um, again, Vanessa Kirby's one of those like real intense, yeah, like kind of like a Jason Statham type female that's like just in your face all the time, like a Joaquin is, and it just didn't. Yeah, but do you think you're reacting that way because of the of their on screen like like Maybe. their, their that's chemistry? A, that, that's a fair. That's a fair question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just didn't. I didn't get the Vanessa Kirby level I was expecting. Mm. I gotta stop going into movies expecting tens. Maybe that's my problem. Is I'm going in ex- from at least gotten expecting this is ten. This is best picture quality and like coming out and being like that's a six at the most. Like yeah, what are I we talking you. about here? Well, uh, again, I think some of the feelings that that 
some people may have, including you, could be the fact that, like, you know, the on-screen didn't work with those two, you know, like, uh, in, in a lot of people's eyes. So it feels like the acting isn't as good. But I think I, I disagree with anyone who says that. I think she does great in what she's been given. I think, you know, she as an actress has done fine here. I think this is the character is, A, she's not a very likable character, you know, because not, I don't think there's anyone here that's, like, a likable character. They're all pretty shitty. And, you know, she does some shitty stuff to Napoleon, you know, and she has some shitty things happen to her. In the end, I think she does fine. The character's just unlikable. Uh, that's I, fair. I, that's what fair. It comes down to. You and I saw that, I think, a little, little bit differently, but I, I, I don't know what I was expecting with Josephine. Again, I don't know her well enough historically to know. Uh, I guess I was just expecting something, given I know the actors and what I thought the characters were going to go into being from Ridley Scott, but... Um, Let's talk about some of the battle scenes then. Okay, yeah. What what's your what's your you're like oh I gotta watch that again. The, the, battle, the battle, scene? battle scene that you thought was like the best battle scene in the film for for, for you. The best battle scene is the most it, interesting. However you want to define that, it's gotta be the it's gotta be be the lake, right? The ice. Yeah, like the the setup, the going into that, you know, knowing a if you've seen the trailer, you know it's gonna you got, you gotta have an idea what's gonna happen. But b if if you if you have any history knowledge, you know what's gonna happen. And like just the his. The, the setup, their plan, the calm demeanor, you know, the orders given, it's all very, it, again, that's that, that, that battlefield, like, that battlefield tactician genius that I wanted to see throughout the whole film that you only get, you kind of get glimpses of more than anything else in this. And, like, that was a cool, like, battle because of that. If not that, I actually like the Moscow part. And I, like you, like, really, you may think that's like that's a battle, not a battle. Well, a that actually happened. That's yeah, of course, yep. Yeah. That's a cool detail that you know that they didn't take a liberty on, and it was interesting to see him not get his way in the way that like he didn't get to fight. He went in expecting a battle, and that shook him immediately. He could have lost hundreds of thousands of men, in, you know, in a, in a, in a city siege, but instead he literally gets away with zero with zero casualties, and he's frustrated. You know what I mean? I think that is a good glimpse into the mind of like you know like this man that is he knows what he's good at and he is a is a, he's a genius at and he want and he needs that that's a part of his identity and he doesn't get it. That almost was worse than defeat for him. He walked in and like he wanted he wanted he was ready for that fight and he didn't get it and that could mess with somebody like that. I like I like seeing that portrayal. Well, that was the famous you know that's why that's why Russia is just unconquerable. That you know two. War power twice tried to happen twice <laughs> in known history, where Russia was like, "Well, I'm sure it happened before that, but like yeah. that whole thing, you suck them in, then you just keep burning everything, so they have no resources." Yeah, Russia, just, Russia just, just like die in the winter. Russia's like, "Hey, you're not gonna survive here." I was like, "Bullshit!" They're like, we don't, we don't have to kill you. Our country will. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. funny that like the, the the hubris of both men like broke their armies completely and like just destroyed them. And like, it's just so funny how that happened. It's like, you know, Russia's, you know, you know, it's funny. Like, there's got to be a thing in Russia, like. We can't be conquered. We're okay. Yeah, right. No one can do it. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was funny, but like that—that that is very famous. That like Russians kept pulling him in. They kept burning things, or the yeah. Prussians, and then they kept burning things as they go. So we just—they—they they got no—they got no food. They got no resources. Nothing. And that—that's a very famous tactic that was used from there on out. But that's Happened twice in history. <laughs> two like world-changing wars yep. too that would have definitely changed the world. Uh, but th- th- that's—I I, I like that. I liked how they showed that. Mm-hmm. Especially because I'm glad they put that detail in there because that's a very famous. Well, think about it. Line well, that's a very famous part of Napoleon's history. Yeah. Well, think about it in the Battle of Waterloo, which also is probably my, like my, my my very close third place one. In uh, like your, to answer your question, he's losing the entire time, and he knows it. 
And he's never, and he 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 doesn't lose his demeanor, right? He goes out there, he rallies his men, he does his thing. In in the middle of the night, when when Moscow's burning, he's like like visibly shaken up. He's like he's out. He's like he's frustrated, and he's he loses his cool. He doesn't do that in any other part of the movie in the battles, but he he loses it there. I think that's just a very very interesting thing to see on screen. I, I, I agree I, with you. I, I like that yeah. decision. Well, it's funny how like that's how they chose to show some of the inner turmoil he has, rather than the many other numerous ways that Joaquin could have done it in character on screen. Like that's the way they. I get it because like that's like a built-in. Yeah. But like that's the that's the one they chose yeah. to really kind of up. It's just it's a weird choice to me, given the character of Napoleon in history. Yeah. It, that's just a weird choice to me. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it, it's it's we got what we got, right? So <laughs> yeah, you're right. We got what we got. <laughs> um. The the battle for me has to be the I mean one of the I, that's got to be the coolest. However, I'm kind of partial to uh, the 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 opening the battle yeah. till Toulon where he takes that, that, back the that, port. It's very good, right? I I there's just it right into it. There's no BS. It's very bloody. It he's it, even yeah. though he's like shaken the whole time. He like there's a step by step plan, and he like he carries out the whole thing as you know he almost dies to a cannonball that his horse you know take, takes like a champ to the chest you know he makes it up there he kills some dudes almost gets killed and is just like to the cannons <laughs> you know and carries the whole thing forward it's very cool to see that you know how how even though he's shaken he's he knows what needs to be done next and he, he just keeps pushing forward with the plan i almost that the waterloo i feel like ridley scott's like well we have to show a fight there because we got to show something, but like, well, I I don't think you do this movie and not show Waterloo, right? You have to you, you, you have to see the rise and the fall of Napoleon. Well, of, of of course, but when Napoleon is going over, when he's standing in the room with his, you know, the Game of Thrones thing on yeah. the map and yeah. showing the flag on the floor, he's like, they have one hundred twenty five thousand, they have two hundred thousand, they have seventy thousand, we have a hundred thousand, one hundred twenty five. It's like, buddy, the numbers don't work out. Like, no matter how brilliant you are, you're not. There's no way to pull this off. Yeah, well, and they knew that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they believed in him, right? And 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 he's beaten unfavorable odds before. Well, but it's the whole thing is his mind; he can do it. Well, yeah. Like, well, so, I mean, think of it this way: and if history were different, you know, if if it doesn't rain like it does that day, there are, there are no reinforcements. Yeah, you're right. The battle would have started, you know, five hours sooner. You know what I mean? Also, they wouldn't have uh, the the British wouldn't have been as prepared. They got to they got to to dig in longer and take the high ground and hold it. You can't fight. The reason why he holds is because you can't fight an uphill battle out of position with horses with soft ground. You you like you'll never make it. And it's like you know if five out you know no rain and that whole fight could go differently. He may not have lost Waterloo. You know it, it's it's like it's things like that which are like just wild to think about. But I, again, it's like one of those like knowing that going in, like I would have expected a different approach to it. Maybe. However, history happened the way it happened, so I get yeah, like yeah, why yeah. they don't do what they do. But it's an interesting way to close out. The whole the, the 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 military campaign of him, and then of course re-exiling him, and then on the island. Well, what's funny is Waterloo wasn't really his mistake; he was forced into it because of the, you know, it wasn't he wasn't on the offensive there; it was technically on, on the defensive because the other nations were coming for him. So you know, he knew he had it, he made the decision to go to go to battle instead of surrendering because he wanted to remain king or emperor. So like that's his fault. Yeah, that was his bad. But like you know. It wasn't like the, those were peaceful people just hanging out. He was like, I'm going to go kill them now. Peaceful it's like, people. you know, it's like, hmm, there's an army here. We have to stop them or else we're going to lose no matter what. So and it, it is what it is. History history happens the way it does. 
I, 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 weird. I from <laughs> from Ridley Scott, I expect different things. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't. He had plenty of chops in this in the period piece, the massive battles. This is like this fourth or fifth movie in yeah. this. Like, I, I, he's got the pros down. It's just how to tell the little intricate stories between those. That's the problem here that he always runs 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 into, or at least sometimes he runs on always. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what did you really not like about this? Before before moving to scoring, do you not like about again? It? I had a problem with the pacing. Obviously, this felt like longer than two and a half hours, which that's never a good sign for your film. Um, I don't like the. I don't like the the dual personalities of the movie. I think we watched a movie in the last couple of months where I said the same thing. Where like I don't like the fact that you take these really weird, very large liberties in some places to kind of tell your own story, but then stick so hard to some to, to some historical facts at the same time. You know, like either do do one of those things and just go big on 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 either of them, but don't do both of them like that. That really does pull me out of it. You know, with a little bit of with only the little bit of knowledge I have, I can't imagine a history buff watching this, losing their damn minds at some of the things that were probably on here that I don't even know about. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that that those are my two biggest things. Is the pacing is just tough, and I don't like the liberties taken. You know, in clashing with how tightly they want to stay accurate some things i i think those are my two and i'm sorry whoever's decision napoleon was for the direction of that character the whole thing no like that that, <laughs> you're, that you're really you're really stuck on that aren't you that was the dumbest fucking thing i've seen but on what screen. i mean what if that's a real thing though that's the thing it's like what if it's real there's no way well i mean i wouldn't have thought him i wouldn't have thought that you i mean the whole thing with him just leaving the battle—if it's not real, it's not real. That's, but yeah, that, 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 that's awesome. Then how do you get this little mundane detail of the the cotton mouth, like yeah. weird, weird? But <laughs> weird is right. I mean, that, that I mean, again, I that that's got to be real. They wouldn't have put it in. Like that's just too random and weird. Yeah. But, um. All right. So let's move to score this then. Yeah. You want to go first for me? I'll go. I don't have any problem. I. I went into this expecting a nine or a ten. I, every time I see a Ridley Scott movie, I always do this. I think I, I I I think we get, I think we get a six. Okay. I it's it's a very competently made movie. I'm never gonna say it's not about Ridley Scott because it always is competent. It's just a matter of where how things fall. And there's so much. There's a lot of good here. There's some bad. But I think there's more bad than good. So you have to score it. I think better than five or higher. But I think a six is where I'm comfortable putting it. Um, in my own mind is just. It's it's an Napoleon's not an easy story to tell anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need like if you tell it right, you need like seventeen hours and an unlimited budget, which that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think a six is where it sits, um, unfortunately. But you listen to our discussion of why I think it's a six. I think it's a six. I think when you think when you say the name Napoleon or you hear the word Nap- the name Napoleon, you think villain, right? Like that's the first thing that comes. Yeah, your head. actually, yeah. So. And I think the movie does a good job of showing the man and not the villain. And I think that I think that's a testament to the movie's like how well it does do because I you don't see him as a villain when you're watching this. You you know you know that he's that he's always said that way, but you get to see you know the the inner workings of the man here, and I, and, and I appreciate that in film form. I can't think of another movie that's like this that that, that, that does that for the history person that is that is Napoleon. However, the pacing issues, the weird liberties taken. You know, whether it be the historical inaccuracy parts or the just the weird character direction of some people, like there's enough here that that like to think about watching again. 
I don't know. I felt weird. I felt weird in the theater. You know what I mean? Like there's enough here that I don't. I wouldn't want to see this again. I'm glad I saw it once, ish. But with the pacing issues and everything else going on, I think this thing's. I think I'm in. I'm with you. I think this is a six. You know, maybe six and a half. But I'm not feeling generous. So six. Yeah. It, it's just well, that's a stretch. Six and a half would be a stretch. There's more good than bad here. I the the fight the battle scenes are very cool and very well done and worth the spectacle of seeing but you could probably just start this film watch the first fifteen minutes and then fast forward to each battle and be fine. I mean, I'm sure there will be a cut on YouTube one day. All battles on Napoleon, boop, and just yeah, watch them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there will be one day because there's some. Everyone yeah. does that, but yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree with you. While, um, while there is a four hour cut of this movie somewhere, there's a 35 minute cut of this movie too, which is also just. <laughs> I bet no, I don't think it's four hours. I bet there's there's a. I bet you the original. Pl- I mean, I bet you before they did edit anything, there's at least four and a half or five. I, I don't doubt that at all. I'll bet you there's so much footage of this movie. Yeah. That the director's cut of this will be insane. So we'll we'll see what Apple gives us. Yeah, but on the same token, I'm sure there's like a. How long was Killers? Killers was three plus, wasn't it? Killers was three hours and like twenty seven minutes or something crazy. There's got to be a four and a half, five hour cut of that. I don't want to. Do right, it. you assume? I would watch Napoleon's five hour cut before I'd watch Killers of the Flower Moon's five hour cut. Did you watch the? The Snyder yeah. cut of the yeah, but that was I mean far look, superior film. <laughs> I, I'm glad he's not here because he doesn't think so. But I I think it is a a vastly superior it film. Is. It is without a doubt. It is the only way I would watch that movie now at this point because I know that it's at the only way you can watch movie. it because it. Well, I, I know that's a decent movie. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think the theatrical release is a three. I think the five hour version is probably a six or six and a half or a seven. Yeah, he says take it to a five. I don't. He's much too harsh on that. I, I think it's probably in from six and a seven, from a three to a seven. It's like that's a massive. That's amazing. It took two and a half hours additional footage yeah. to do it, but I think the same with Napoleon. I think there's, more, I think, I think the longer the movie, the better the movie because you understand it more. Yeah, it, and maybe and maybe some of the some of the, the 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 directions that the actors went don't seem so weird if you see the longer version. And, maybe maybe know. there's a reason for the cotton mouth thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you love that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Oh man. Okay, so. I'm very happy that we're kind of close on that one because yeah. like I was worried that I was gonna you were gonna be like this is a three and I'm like it's a six it's a six <laughs> uh, I'm kind of glad I'm kind of glad we're we're, we're we're close on that one yep. all right thank you Chris for joining me for what is a shorter main episode this has been 359A of Ford Love Cinema a movie podcast hey. each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit of health. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. He's Roger Stillian, and I have no, no X. He's at Rog Stillian. At Rog Stillian. <laughs> you have no X, nope. and you will never have an X. Never. Never. Check us out on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we'll be taking a look at Godzilla Minus One and Family Switch on Netflix. Which we're all very happy with all these movie decisions for next week. I'm so excited for the Family Switch on Netflix. 